We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to Rotoviz College Football Fantasy Podcast, your place for all things Debbie, college DFS, and college football betting advice. I am your host, Afon LeCoe, joined by my co-host, Matt Wispay. It has been a while since we've been doing this together. I think we've made, uh, we've done a couple of episodes here and there. We've uh, jumped on uh, the C2C podcast with Travis, but it's been a bit since we've done this. How are you doing, Matt? Good. I think last time I was on, I said I'd be back in two weeks. That was a month plus ago. <laughs> yeah, so, that's my fault. No, I, I mean, it's mixing. My, it's funny because last year when we did this, you were kind of like my schedule was pretty much wide open because I was working from home. I didn't have kids. I was you said, let's meet at this time. I was like, all right, let's do this. Um, yeah. Having kids changes your schedule. Funny how huh? <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah. Weird. It's almost like they're a whole other person or something. It's crazy. Yeah. But it's good. He's I've got my little Ohio State fan. Um, unfortunately, right now he is with his all of my wife's family at the moment. And so they're probably trying to turn him into a Penn State fan. Don't worry, listeners. Um, I will brainwash him way, way harder than they could ever do. Okay. So, I mean, where where is he going for his first? Is this his first official visit for like Penn State? Is this going to count? against recruiting uh, or uh they oh nope we paid it's an unofficial okay good good just just want to make sure they have another stab at him in a couple of years here yeah no they still got a chance yeah no that's awesome um of course uh before we get into the show uh too deep uh we're just going to talk a little bit news and notes there's some stuff uh going on i'm sure you've all heard about regarding uh the playoff we're going to get into some nil stuff some bulk of our show we'll, we'll spend kind of talking about uh, uh, some recruiting stuff. And before we jump into all of that, I want to go to some news and notes. I don't know if you saw this, Matt, but right before we jumped on the show, um, some some news broke from the desert. Arizona State might be in, a, a, in some trouble here uh, for some recruiting violations, allegedly bringing uh, recruits in during the pandemic, it sounds like. Uh, so they could uh, they could be losing some of their coaching staff. Had you seen that yet? This just dropped like an hour yeah. ago. I saw it. There was a like bits and pieces of it have come out through the day. So I'd seen Bruce Feldman broke the story that they were facing stuff for like players on campus. Yeah. Um, but then it's starting to come out more and more that it was like breaking COVID protocols, breaking recruiting pro 
protocols like they really did i mean they were full-on recruiting they were having on-campus visits and i just want to make one minor thing clear um so were a lot of other teams sure um i don't want to name names but I feel like people kind of forgot that Florida had a very similar thing about them come out in uh, December. Mm. I totally forgot about this, yeah. but they apparently hosted 147 players during the recruiting dead period. And um, yeah, so we'll see. I'll be interested to see how the NCAA actually like comes down on this one because I there's a part of me that says, yes, you have to do something to them. There's probably going to be uh, some type of fine. There will probably be some type of I hate the idea of probation on this type of deal just because I don't think it matters. But I, I almost think they're going to, I don't want to say take it easy because it is it, last year was such a weird year. And to be honest, I think the NCAA, NCAA is slowly losing its power. Um, so we'll see. I, 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 if I, I guess I'll put this out there though. Arizona state's going to get a harsher penalty than Florida um, or Tennessee and it's because the SEC does a very, very good job of protecting their people in situations like this, mm, yeah. whereas every other conference tries to, quote-unquote, hold itself to a higher standard and um, just hurts itself. So, well, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I hope Perm doesn't lose his job in this deal because I don't think he should. Like, I think the COVID protocol stuff is bad, but simultaneously I do think that the, um, the recruiting stuff – I think everyone was trying to figure out the way to get as close to the line as possible. I mean, let's be clear. There were these unofficial visits that a lot of these players had where the coaches were in no way allowed to like help them organize these visits. And yet somehow you would get 10 players on campus all at the same time. Kind of crazy. And I just, uh, (laughs) I mean, it, I think LSU had like 10 players per week for the last like five weeks of their year. It's just, if you want to sit here and say that these 18 year olds are so, so organized that they're managing to coordinate all this, then I've got a boat to sell you that I don't own. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. Uh, it's a mess. I, I, I'm with you. Like I, I like Herm. I, and he's done a good job and he's done a great job at Arizona state getting, getting them to, a pretty relevant spot. I mean, they're dark horse Pac-12 champion candidates this year. If we're honest, like they they could make a run, and uh, they, and a lot of it's because have the of him. Best or second best quarterback in the conference. Like they're they are very viable to make a run this year, if only because you know what they have offensively. Yeah. So and we like their running yeah. backs. They've got a couple good receivers. Yeah. Ah, oh, it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, like you, I hope. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those weird things that uh you hope he doesn't get in trouble but also if he's the one pulling the strings like i would hate for other people to have to take the fall for him uh but it's just i don't know um yeah let's move on uh let's talk a little bit uh you want to talk a little bit about the name image likeness stuff so uh, i'd love to hear some of your thoughts i know there's been a lot of stuff in the news court cases going on and was that going on in your in your neck of the woods there so so ohio just passed it through a committee so it, it passed committee yesterday actually that they were going to the bill for name image and likeness in the state of ohio um i know in some states it's going to hit as early as july it becomes like all systems go the funniest thing about all of this is just that the ncaa so i guess 
in short, let me stop myself for a second. The NCAA is basically had exists for two reasons to hang banners for sports and to tell kids they can't have money. <laughs> that is the existence of the NCAA. So when they're going in front of Congress and everyone's asking them like, oh, well, haven't you planned for this? Why don't you have like, why are you not uh, in favor of this and all this? They have been doing everything in their power for the past 25, 30, whatever the existence of the NCAA to make sure this in fact doesn't happen ever. I mean, ever since you had like the SMU scandal, right. When kids were just literally getting handed cars. Um, it, it's just, it, they've been doing everything in their power to make sure that something like this can't happen. And now when they're on the precipice of it happening, all they want is for somebody else to make the ruling and they're just sitting here. It's, it's the same way they handled COVID post uh, canceling the NCAA basketball tournament. They're just crossing their fingers and really hoping that someone else comes up with the solution. And I don't think that's going to happen. And I, I'm going to be honest. I think we're going to have a really, really chaotic year starting soon. Like it's going to be, there's going to be States where some kids are totally allowed to get paid and other States where not so much. And it's going to be it's going to be weird and I mean it's going to let's be clear if you look at the schools that have got it it's a lot of southern schools and uh there's a reason it's they they pushed hard to make sure that they could recruit full stop and we'll see how it goes I do think that we're going to have a bit of a weird year and they're going to have to probably pull something together in a hurry uh just to try and basically say you can have whatever money you can do all this and that but it has to go through X person. Like it, you can't have any, you can do no direct negotiation. Uh, your agent is essentially has to be some person on your staff and it'll, it, it's going to be interesting. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, it's going to be, it'll be a story that is hovering out there for the next probably 12 months because I don't think it will be solved before next season. Yeah. I was curious your thoughts. Um, just, you know, I, I, I think name image, image likeness, I don't think we can really have a good understanding of exactly how it's going to play out in the long term, like the details of it, but it's coming. Like we all know it's coming. I'm curious uh, your opinion because uh, I've heard a lot of like, I, it's the off season. All I do right now is listen to podcasts about speculation, speculation, speculations around college football in the NFL. And, you know, there's a big debate going on around NIL. Like, will it level the playing field or will it make the, the rich richer? Um, I tend to think that it's going to be an asset to the art. Like it's going to make the rich richer, like the power, like the top 10 schools are going to be even more powerful. We're going to see a larger discrepancy between the elite and the uh, like the have and the have nots, the, the, the gap is going to widen. Where do you fall on that? Do you think it's going to be like how I think, or do you think it could actually level the playing field and, and bring about a little bit of parity in the sport? I mean, it kind of has to make the rich richer and it like, that's weird. It's a, it's kind of an odd thing to say because you'd think that some of these smaller schools that just have big donors might be able to do some. Maybe you'll see a little bit of that. Like some, you'll probably see some Texas A&M people throw money, but they're already sort of rich. Right. You might see, but no one's going to, the biggest thing about name, image and likeness is that it's about brand. It's about all these kids. They're not necessarily going to be 
like it's it's not donors just handing kids a hundred thousand dollar check it's donors getting to do sponsored content or i mean basically getting sponsored content on like their instagram getting um to do like a car commercial and the way that you do that is by building brand and i mean what's a bigger brand out there right now alabama or michigan state what's a bigger brand out there clemson or south carolina what i mean it's it's we like it's it can only make the rich schools richer and it'll be interesting to see how things handle it and i i would say it's going to make it's another challenge for coaches that are at these programs where you're trying to build into a thing and i mean it's if you're i mean sark is probably in a great position because Texas has that built in. Hey, you know what you have here. We're Texas. Um, We've got the Longhorn Network, like, baby. But I mean, just if you think like Baylor's probably going to have to keep doing the model that they were doing under a Matt Rule, which was you identify prospects that have one skill and then they have to coach up. And I do think that's going to have to be a thing. Is that if you're at these lower tier programs, you have to coach up until you pull a Clemson and start to compete with the big boys, even though you recruited worse. Mm. Um, so it, it's just going to be, it, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how it, how it actually balances out. But I mean, between the transfer portal, um, that's another big allowing one, yeah. these kids to allowing kids to leave, to see uh, NIL, I think recruiting as a whole is pretty much going to be turned on its head over the next like, 18 months probably as it all starts to like really settle in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it, it'll, it'll work itself out because the trend that when I mentioned the transfer portal, yes, NIL will get these kids on campus, but if they're not playing and they can't build a brand, you're going to see kids dip. You're going to see kids just jump the, for their one free transfer. And they're all going to go to another program where, Hey, maybe I'm not going to make as much money, but I'll get to see the field, which will allow me to make, money on the back end so it it's a it's a good time and uh while i do think it's gonna continue to look really bad because say what i mean we can say oh it's gonna make the rich richer let's be clear alabama just had the greatest recruiting class that's ever happened yeah in the blue chip in the blue chip prospect ratio that was uh bud elliott just put out for 247 sports alabama if you remove their like special teams players had 90% of their players are blue trip prospects. That's it's ridiculous. The rich are already richer. There yeah. is the gap right now between the elite of the elite and the competitive power five. The gap is widening every year because yeah. I, I mean, honestly, it's, it's because of the playoff and we'll get into this discussion later about um, what playoff expansion means and the potential positive effects from it. But I, I do think that the it recruiting is going to be um, continue the path it's on right now, which is richer getting richer, and and then you have to figure out what how will good coaches adapt? Will kid will coaches start only taking fifteen players in a class and then taking ten kids out of the portal because now you're having kids that have one year of experience mm -hmm. under their belt at a power five program, but were a top 100 player last year and now need a place to land. So it, I, I really think there's going to be, have to be some interesting strategy shifts here. And I, I mean, it's, 
it's weird to say that like college football turning a little bit, having like some pro aspects to it is going to make the game better. But I actually think that in this case, you will see coaches have to get better at stuff and have to learn how to do things differently than they've ever been doing. And honestly, I mean, I love seeing people get smarter. It's why I'm a math guy. I, I love seeing people learn to do things because you have to. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But we've been talking recruiting. Recruiting is in full swing now. Like, yes, let's be clear. The dead period was, it was like, what, 16 months of a recruiting dead period. Um, they teased us with a potential, oh, we might allow recruits to come on campus and start doing visits. Like, they started talking about that. I think the first one was June last year. Like, I think at the end of June, they were, like, teasing, like, we might be able to do it by this month. Oh, we might be able to do it in July. Maybe in August. Uh, maybe in December, maybe in February. Literally, it felt like it was every month. But June 1 was chaos. Um, I mean, I don't know about you, but like I consume all this content. Yes. Like seeing Dan Mull- or seeing Florida State uh, host players for their Midnight Madness. Love it. Seeing Miami have like a full-on barbecue um, on their campus. Love it. I love seeing all that. Seeing the return of camps because the best kept secret in all of like the best kept secrets in all of recruiting show up from these camps because it's not, you're not getting the, like the five-star player isn't needing to go to a camp to show that he can land this thing. It's the, Oh, it's the three-star guy who was kind of a tweener. Who's maybe changing positions, but he's got freak athleticism. He's the one that's showing up. Like, I guess for perspective, Darren Lee was a first round NFL draft pick out of Ohio state. That kid was a three-star quarterback yeah. coming into his senior Crazy. year of high school, became an all-American linebacker <laughs> at Ohio State because they brought him on for a camp. That's the type of thing that these camps do. And to be honest with you, it's just it's it's good to see. And I mean, Ohio State has already because I mean, obviously the ones I'm following closest are Ohio State. Like Ohio State already found this three-star kid out of Chicago who they are like this defensive tackle who they're super duper high on just because Larry Johnson was like putting him right beside this other five-star player. And they looked the same. Like to him, he was like, you're moving just as well as him. And that shouldn't be happening. (laughs) But it's camps are a great thing because not only do you get eyes from Ohio state or from these major ones where they're hosting it, but a lot of the times these camps um, there's multiple coaches of like smaller schools and stuff that are doing it. So it's great. And I'm really happy it's back. And 2022 is looking like it's going to be a fun group of players. If you are, if your school needs like defensive help, looking at the top 24 set, the 247 composite, it looks like a wonderful defensive year. Um, particularly like the cornerbacks, and a lot of them have already committed to places, but like there, this cornerback class in 2022 looks like it's going to be absolutely fantastic. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like two I mean, of the top four ranked players are are corners and. Yeah, uh, obviously Tra- Travis Hunter going to Florida State, and then um, Damani Jackson going to SC. So yeah, that one hurts. And, yeah, and then uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, there's I think three or four of them just in the top ten. So, uh, but before we do that, uh, something you mentioned, you 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 brought up Bud Elliott, and it just reminded me I was reading an article of his the other day, just talking about how commits in June are way down compared to the last couple of years, and uh, just his speculation 
being that like, you know, people have had to be so patient. Like a lot of kids aren't wanting to like jump the gun and they're wanting to like see this process out. So um, there have been fewer commits than what we're used to. But that being said, um, we have seen uh, a lot of really great players. Like I just mentioned, Travis Hunter, of course, your boy Quinn. Uh, we'll talk about him in a little bit, uh, already selecting Ohio State. Um, but I was looking earlier today just to see like some of the like the updated ranks on um, according to uh, 247 Sports, just their team rankings. Um, just look, kind of looking at the top 15, top 25. And and there were some pretty surprising, surprisingly good starts for some teams that, that I thought were, were noteworthy. Now, again, this is going to change because it's super early. So the fact like Rutgers is number five right now, which is insane. But they have, you know, five four star commits and eight three stars. So that that eight three stars is going to bring their number up when you compare it to a team like um, Oklahoma, who only has like eight total commits. So their average score is higher, but Rutgers is just higher on there because they, uh, you know, quantity over quality. But still, they're can number I, five wait, right now. Can I actually say something about? I want to actually give a little credit to Rutgers. Oh yeah, because... it's a good class so far. So Greg yeah. Schiano is he so I want to be clear there are very few coaches that actually see Rutgers as a destination job and a job that they actually want. Greg Schiano was that guy um and he's actually doing something that's incredibly smart. Um which is New Jersey has weirdly a ton of football talent. Like it's it's one of the probably like eight best states for high school football and he's making a point of like locking down the state and just saying, you know what? I understand that the the five-star guy from my state is probably going to go to like Alabama or Ohio State or they're probably going to go there. But I'm going to shoot to get seven of the top 10 out of my state and yeah. I'm going to get those guys. And then I'm going to and then when there's just like good athlete dudes that are in here, I'm going to keep getting them in there because my idea is I'm going to win New Jersey and that's how I'm going to eventually build myself back up to being nationally relevant where maybe I can go get one or two guys that are outside of our state. I mean, more than that, but like maybe we can go for a national guy in a few years. So I just think that's interesting. Uh, it, and perfect dude for that job. Um, yeah. And, and to that point too, like the Northeast is not, I mean, how many great powerhouses are there in the Northeast? Like Syracuse and, and Pitt aren't really, you know, elite. So like, I mean, competition for New Jersey outside of like those, you know, one or two, five stars, it's it's not going to be quite as intense. So, uh, yeah, he's basically competing for like the top prospects in a state with James Franklin and Penn State. Like that's what he he's real. That's his primary thing. And if he can say, "Stay home, stay in New Jersey. Let's make this program be great," it's harder and harder for Penn State to really pull out those guys. And so that was kind of a pipeline area for Penn State. So it'll be kind of yeah. interesting to see what he does to that. Hey, um, who, who would have thought we'd be talking Rutgers football today? <laughs> I love it. I love I, it. I like, I I like the quarterback they got, uh, Gavin Wimsat. He's 6'3", 200. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a dual threat guy. I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. I imagine um, he probably, he'll probably be starting pretty early for them once, he, uh, once he's eligible to play. I, I imagine he will be. Uh, he's a four-star. I think he's like, uh, I'm looking right now, he's like the number 10 quarterback in the country. So, Great get I mean, for them. He's a he's a top one hundred prospect that is going to Rutgers. Right. Yeah. Th- just that's it's bonkers and that's awesome. Um, some of the other schools, I mean, I think it's funny now looking back on like USC is 
was a laughing stock two years ago. Oh, I was they were loving atrocious. that. Atrocious, loving. They were that. like the fifty. They were a top fifty recruiting class, and they were just. It was looking like Clay Helton was just going to. Not only was he going to lose the job, he was going to just torpedo the program yep. on his way out. And I mean, the way they've closed out the twenty twenty class with Rajon Davis and uh, Corey Foreman, and or, I'm Corey, sorry, the twenty twenty one class is Foreman official. Corey Foreman is not JT to Malau. Those are two people. Corey Foreman's on campus already. I did not know that it happened. I missed that, that was a one. while ago. He signed uh, on signing day. I missed that. He somehow. actually did sign. So Corey, so they ended the class with Corey Foreman, one of the top overall players last year, and Rajon Davis, who was a top 100 uh, overall prospect at the linebacker position. And then this year they started off with Damani Jackson, and they just signed Michael Williams this week. Yep. And I mean. They're still in it for. They're technically still in it for JT Tool Malau for the 2021 class. They're, um, and I mean they're really doing well this so far. It's, it'll be interesting to see because if Clay Helton does lose the job eventually, whoever takes over isn't coming into bare coverage. Like they're right. taking on a lot, and I mean that's not even talking about the fact that they've brought in like two pretty reasonable running backs in the transfer portal. Um, they just got another talent. TCU guy while we were <laughs> Darwin, Darwin Barlow. Yep. I, he's, he's a, uh, he was good enough that he out touched Zach Evans last year. So yep. maybe that's cause Zach Evans was a freshman who knows, but, uh, I mean, I, they, they're, they're doing a lot better. Um, I, Kentucky was another one that caught my eye currently at number 11. Again, they've got, they've got nine commits. Their average score is like 88 or something like that. So um, it's not like a top heavy class, but yeah. they're bringing in some, some four star offensive linemen that could really make a difference. And, uh, and Kentucky, yeah, they, I mean, yeah, they outright won a recruiting battle against Ohio state and Alabama with a kid by the name of Keonta Goodwin, mm-hmm. uh, out of Indiana. Is he the he one that a, he, on CBS sports? Like they did a whole, a whole like presentation with him. Maybe. I didn't watch it because I already knew where he was going. I was mad about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was he. I think he got he. His recruitment bothers me because I feel like he got lied to. Um, so he was for a long time seen as an Ohio State lean. He was a guy that was one of the top guys on Ohio State's board. He they identified him very early, and so did Kentucky. Um, and basically, his two strongest relationships were Ohio State and Kentucky. Well, he had already visited Kentucky early on and had actually been on their campus and he hadn't been to Ohio State. And when he decided he was going to make his commitment, he made the decision or he announced his commitment date two days before the actual announcement that they were going to allow um, visits in June. And that was his big thing was that he was never going to commit to a school he didn't visit. And there was a lot of speculation that Kentucky coaches were behind the scenes pushing him to do this commitment because, oh, I know there's a lot of smoke that they're going to do this, but the NCAA has been doing this for a year. They're not going to let people that we're hearing behind the scenes. Um, Now, with that being said, he has not made any other visits outside of Kentucky, so it looks like he is a solid commit to them. And honestly, he's I think he's a fringe five-star player. I think I really think he's that good. So um, we'll see. A lot of these guys, like you mentioned, um, there's a lot of quantity over quality at this point, and you'll see that start to flip. Remember, at like this point last year, Alabama was like the 35th rated class or something like that, and they finished with the greatest recruiting class <laughs> yeah. that's ever existed. Yeah. So 
don't buy or don't think too much about this, but I mean, Rutgers will probably finish with a top 20 class this year. Yeah. And that's, I mean, whether it's not top five, but who cares? You're well, Rutgers and you just got top 20. One of the things, like to that point, uh, one of the ones that really caught my eye is right now Mississippi State is at number eight. And I was like, what the heck? That's crazy. And then I saw it's because they have 14 three-star commits already. They have zero yep. four-star, zero five-star, but 14 um, three-star recruits. So Leach is just going out guys, there and Leach. getting getting his average players. Um, and uh, I think I've got an offer um, from, from Mike Leach in the mail. No, that's not true. Um, I do still have two years of eligibility, though, Leach. If you want to hit me up, I can play some, some free safety at the age of 39. Um, <laughs> uh, and I, and I will be 39 still when the season starts. I won't have hit 40 yet. So, oh, so still... we'll keep that in mind for like breakout. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to break all the models. Um, let's take a quick break. And then I want to hear, uh, some of the players are most excited about and, uh, just where they landed and, and, or some players who haven't decided yet and kind of some of your thoughts on those. So let's take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsors, keep the lights on, and we'll be back in just a minute. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, RotoViz Radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to RotoViz.com. Click the subscribe button, put the 12-month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021. And you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. Welcome back. Glad you stuck around. Matt, you're still here too. That's that's most important. <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't get through this without you. So I, I just want to go through some of the high caliber prospects uh, that you're excited about for this upcoming um, this upcoming class. Uh, obviously, we can go no further. Just, we'll, <laughs> we have to start well, with your boy. And let's start with a, like, so I get you and I actually, as we were putting this doc together, looked at this differently because... I uh, just thought players I wanted to see, and you were thinking more like where they're going to land. Right. But with I, let's start out. I think um, there are a lot of high quality players that have already committed to programs and have already locked in there where they're going to be. But uh, so let's start off with some of the guys that have already committed because we know where they're going to be. Um, and we'll start with the quarterback position because, well, football Jesus exists. And I know everyone sit here and thinks that Trevor Lawrence, we already saw that generational quarterback. And honestly, I still think Trevor Lawrence is probably better than the prospect I'm about to talk about, but 
there's reason to believe that Quinn Ewers actually has some skills that are already better than where Trevor Real Lawrence quick, was. Can we can we not call him football Jesus, but just call him redneck Jesus? <laughs> like, is I that mean, allowed? It's fair. <laughs> the du- I mean, the dude's going to have the best... Uh, so there's you're gonna hate it or you're gonna love it hate it i I hate it think of it think of him like anthony davis half the people who looked at anthony davis's face could sit there and just think god just give me a pair of tweezers i want to get that (laughs) stupid freaking universe but it's his brand and he now has the ugliest mullet that's ever existed um he's a but he's one of the highest rated prospects at this point in his career in um 247 composite history he's the unanimous number one player across the board on all three of the sites that go into the composite. Uh, He's drawing comparisons to Patrick Mahomes, which let's be clear. If you're a really good prospect who does anything a little bit wonky, like his his sidearm tape, like he's got a nice sidearm throw. (laughs) He does. And I I think Quinn Ewers is a ridiculous prospect, but I I think everyone should kind of understand that there's waves on this where if you are a quarterback that is throwing off angle throws and is mobile enough, you're Patrick Mahomes. Right. See Wilson, comma, Zach, who got the <laughs> same freaking comp. Um, and they don't play anything alike. Right. Um, or, but so I think he's really good. He's a commit to Ohio State. He's very likely going to come in and sit for a year, which is going to make a lot of people crazy. Um, he's likely going to sit for his first year at Ohio State. Although, um, if you ask him, he thinks he's going to be the first three year starter under Ryan Day. So he's not coming in there to chill. Um, I think he's really good. I'm excited to see him at Ohio State. I think he's going to be special and enjoy him because he'll be real fun to watch. Um, do you get worried at all? I, do you get worried ab- at all about because you've got two, maybe three, three, if you consider Jack. Jack Miller's um, real good. Yeah, so you've already got three great to real good quarterbacks in your room. Now you're going to bring him along. Is there any, like, you're not going to keep all of them. Are you, nope. Is there any fear that Quinn is the one to leave? No, I I don't. Um, Quinn, I, here's the thing is, when Malik Murphy, and we'll talk about him in a second, when Malik Murphy committed to Texas, that to me closed the door on Quinn Ewers looking back. Now, mind you, Quinn Ewers is also wildly competitive from what I've heard. He's one of those guys that just, kind of thinks his shit doesn't stink. And um, I'm okay with that. Like from a quarterback that's coming in that has all this, um, I want him to not be afraid of competition. I want him to go to the school and say, yeah, I'm I'm going to go take the starter's job um, and I'm not going to run from it. So I, I do think that the, I, I would be a tiny bit worried if Kyle McCord was looking like he was going to just run away with the quarterback competition right now. Um, I do think that competition is probably closer than the Ohio State beat reporter media would like you to believe. Um, but I do still think CJ Stroud is the very likely starter for Ohio State this year. Um, if Kyle McCord were to win that one, then maybe you have a little bit of concern. But I, I kind of think that the reality is that both Jack Miller and Kyle McCord will end up leaving the program within the next 18 months. Yeah. Um, I think Jack Miller likely leaves the program in August when it's pretty clear he's not the starter and he's not in the top two. Um, because I think he's a, I, I said to you, I think he's going to go eventually go to Boise state and take uh, Hank Bachmeyer's lunch money. I think he's that good. I like, um, him. I do too, but I think he's not as good as Jack Miller and that's the problem. Yeah. Um, but 
whatever. Quinn Ewers, I think he will eventually make it to Ohio State. I think he'll be Ohio State's next great quarterback. Um, I think what'll be interesting to watch is if Ohio State is even able to pull anyone from the class of 2023, because the fear now is if you're looking at them, you're like, you, uh, you're not playing for a while yeah. because Quinn Ewers is. And um, yeah, uh, another quarterback that I am really excited about is Ja'Curry Brown. He is a dual threat quarterback. He, I think he had a little bit of a setback in his junior year. He kind of fell off a little bit. He was a huge Florida target. Um, they really, really wanted him. He was the top quarterback on their board. He was a guy that was um, a standout for some people in the program. Unfortunately, the guy who was the highest on him left the program. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not fully official or knowing names, but I do know um, from a few people who have some inside sources that, yeah, Jer Curry Brown was their guy. Um, but when there was some internal transitioning, um, Jer Curry Brown kind of fell down their board when he had a, a little bit of a slip up. He is a, if there is going to be a Lamar Jackson type prospect in this class, it is Jer Curry Brown. He He's was a big guy too. that he, um, when Ohio, so when Quinn Ewers had actually passed up on Ohio state and was going to go to Texas because he was committed to Texas for like six months. Uh, Ja'Curry Brown was the guy I wanted. I really was excited for him. He had started to open the eyes of the Ohio state coaching staff. Um, and they were really interested in him and he was probably like number two or number three on their board. Um, but then Quinn Ewers, they kept that relationship going the whole time, even when he was committed and he eventually flipped. Um, the, one of the other reasons I like Ja'Curry Brown, he, one time he retweeted me. So that's pretty cool. Um, uh, and then the last guy I do want to talk about is Malik Murphy. Uh, you wrote this name down. Um, we've seen what Sark can do with quarterbacks. Sark is a very, very, very good quarterback coach. He is very capable of putting together an offense. And Malik Murphy is going to be, at least from a pedigree perspective, the best quarterback he's ever really worked with. Um, true five-star prospect. The weird thing about him is that if you look at like his max preps and you kind of like look in what he's actually been doing, he's never been the full-time starter for his high school program. Right. Um, to be fair, he's in kind of one of the football factory schools in California. He's definitely not, or maybe it's not a football factory program, but it's a, it's a program where freshmen don't typically start juniors. Like he's really, this is one hit really his first real opportunity to get, take over the job but he's dominated camp circuits. Anyone who looks at him from a physicals perspective thinks this guy is the guy. Um, I'm a little, uh, there's an idea that he's a true dual threat. I haven't seen it from his production. And I, while I do think he's athletic from what I have seen in reports about him at camps, it's always weird for me to some think someone's a dual threat quarterback when they haven't really run in high school. Um, because so many high school offenses are quarterback. All right. Is the deep pass open? No run Run. like hell. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's no, there's not really a lot of like thinking at the high school level. And so for him to not have significant rushing production would definitely kind of like steer me away from him a little bit, but he's a really good player. And I think, uh, so of like on those three quarterbacks I mentioned, he's probably the guy that, is the biggest for me true unknown of what he could be, but his ceiling is really high. Yeah. And I do think that when he comes in next year, um, whether it's campus to Canton leagues, whether it's Debbie leagues, he's going to be a commodity for people just because 
he's a pretty solid stash because you don't you're getting a five star guy that's got enough question marks about him that maybe you can get him a little bit cheaper than some of the other guys. So and to your point, um, he's going to be in a really he's going to be working with a genius <laughs> like you know getting someone who who's got Sark scheming the offense is something that you want to be a part of. Absolutely. Um, all right. And then, so I'm going to hit two running backs. Um, actually I'm only going to hit one cause one of them is a crystal ball. So I'm going to push him down the list. Um, Rayleigh Brown, he's committed to Oklahoma is four, four, seven. He's run a four, four, seven, 40 at, I think it was like a elite 11 regional. It was at one of the camps. So it's actually like a little bit more believable. He is very undersized. Um, so I don't see him as like this future amazing player in the NFL. I don't think we're like looking at the next Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think you're looking at this guy that's going to be an eventual first round pick in NFL fantasy drafts. But what I do think is that when you have a high pedigree running back who is undersized, they typically do a lot of things well and they become Swiss army knives. So whether that's a Darren Sproles, a Deuce Vaughn, a, James White, like they find ways that you get them the ball and they do something that's fun with it. And while this is not a player that I can sit here and tell you that I've spent a ton of time, the fact that he is committed to Oklahoma early, so he was a guy that they saw as a take um, early in the process. He's an undersized running back and he runs four four seven speed in high school. I think he's a guy to keep an eye on as. Maybe we'll see him kind of early on in the same way we saw like Chris Tyree last year, maybe like Jalen Knighton, where you almost see him brought in just in specialization roles to just do something because they're going to want to get the ball in his hand. Yeah, um, I, I think that's a, a, a great one to to look at. Um, someone who I'm excited about is Jaden Blue. Uh, speaking of Texas, uh, he just committed there. I think he could be very exciting. Um, he's a, a four-star commit. He is... Um, you know, I think he's sitting like out the, his senior year. Yeah, that's that's questionable, but when, <laughs> that also speaks to his talent. You know, um, but talking about like he you can. were you were you were talking about how like he might be like um, Murphy might be a little bit under the radar because he hasn't shown everything. Um, I think people might be sleeping on Jaden Blue. I'm excited for him. I, I think he's going to be uh, the real deal, even though he won't be playing his senior season, as you said. But the dude is fast um, and strong, and it's going to be fun to watch him in that offense. I think he could be uh, a real difference maker. So someone that I, you know, someone that I uh, was thinking about uh, when we were doing this exercise of coming up with names. Um, yeah, and I, I like that one a lot. He's he's going to be a guy that I think is highly sought after in Debbie Leagues next year as one of the guys in the class. Um the one guy that'll be interesting to see when he eventually picks his position is Travis Hunter. So um, I've seen clips of this guy at wide receiver. I've seen clips of this guy at cornerback. And then I've read every report that I can on him. He's the number two overall player in the or in the like composite 24 seven ranks. Um, basically here is the uh, here's the review on him. He is the best cornerback in the class. He is also the best wide receiver in the class, yeah. which is not normal. Usually, like, if you're a cornerback, it's because, like, and you kind of play dual threat, it's because, of, or you play both ways, it's because you're either a very, very good wide receiver and they just wanted to put you on the field, and so you were kind of figuring it out because you were a good athlete, or you were a really, really, really good defensive back because 
they just saw you as like an athlete and you couldn't necessarily like hack it at wide receiver. He's not that. This is not a, oh, he's a wide receiver that couldn't catch, so he changed his position. He's really good. And um, apparently he was like a lifelong Florida State fan, so he just committed really early on. He um, He's like one of their biggest recruiters in the class. It's a great addition for Mike Norvell. And this is the type of one that I genuinely do think could be a program changer for them. I know. Like a Tamori and um, Terry type? Yeah, except Tamori and Terry sucks. Um, yeah, but I, I think he's really interesting. I do think he's a player that we will we will know his name um, one way or the other, whether he becomes a superstar at cornerback or a superstar at wide receiver. I know of a lot of people who are sitting there really hoping that he's he goes wide receiver route because he might be a star. Um, so that's interesting. And then a little under, a little bit lower down the ranks, but still, I think he's like tenth. And it wouldn't be me if we weren't going super long-winded on this, so I will try and be brief. But Caden Saunders um, is a wide receiver committed to Penn State. What I know about him is that pretty much every program sees him as a vertical threat type of guy. He is compared to Tyler Lockett, which, I mean, our resident Seahawks fan over here, what would you say about that type of comparison? (laughs) Yes, please. Sign me up. I'll take two. (laughs) Like, unbelievable. So this... Most yeah, underrated now, wide receiver in the NFL. I'll keep going yeah. if you want. Um, I'm I'm kind of with you on a lot of it. Um, Saunders, for me, I just hope that he sees the development and mm. at Penn State because yeah. we've seen in the past Justin they've Shorty. gotten talented players. Yeah, uh, he's really not the only one. But they've had talented players come into their one and they always seem to struggle to get multiple really good receivers. This Right now, going into this year with Dotson and Parker Washington, it feels like it's been like five years since we've really seen them with multiple really solid receiver options. So hopefully that's something we see continue with them. Um, they also have a really strong quarterback commit in this class, but um, if I listed all the players I actually liked right. in the <laughs> class of 2022, I'd be talking for three hours. So yeah. um, I, I do think that one's interesting. And so now let's, let's go and see real, like real quick with the wide receivers, just two seconds. Um, I think it's really interesting. If you had to just give me, um, in your opinion, what two universities have the best wide receiver room right now for this upcoming year? Not recruiting class, but right now, getting ready for the upcoming season, what are the two best wide receiver rooms in the country? Well, one of them is the greatest wide receiver room in the history of college football. Ohio State. That's Ohio State. And the second? It's not... Alabama is probably their talent for talent wise, but I don't know that I can call them that because I haven't seen the guys that I think are amazing. Yeah. I, at that point, I think you might have to go USC. What about Oklahoma? Would they be up there at least? I mean, Oklahoma's definitely there. They've got Mims. They've got Hazelwood. They've got Theo Weiss. So that's the one I was hoping you'd say, damn it. <laughs> because my Sorry. point is this. So the two, two, in my opinion, the two best wide receiver rooms, Ohio State and then a small gap and Oklahoma. then Oklahoma. Yeah. If you look at the top six wide receiver yeah. commits, four of them are going to those two schools. Two yeah. are going to Ohio State. Two are going to OU. It's a freaking embarrassment of riches. It's insane that they're just going to reload and retool. So, yes, um, we are being long-winded. Let's move on to the next segment. We're going to talk about tight ends. No, just kidding. We're definitely not. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, some of the guys who have not yet uh, selected where they're going to go. They haven't committed. Um, who are some of the guys in this section that you you wanted to talk about? 
So the the biggest name for like fantasy purposes that I think is a little bit under the radar um, is a guy shocker of the century. He's commit. He's considering Ohio State. Uh, it's Dallin Hayden. He's out of Tennessee. Um, he's a running back. Uh, and he right now the two crystal balls, the two programs that he's crystal ball to are either Tennessee or Ohio State from the like beat reporters that I really really trust, which. Um, there's a couple of them. They believe that he's eventually going to be a Buckeye. They think that he is the number one or not the number one running back on the Ohio state board, but he's, he's the guy that they've honed in on as they have a great relationship with him and they see all these things. Uh, he, I think he should be going to Tennessee, but Tennessee has wildly botched his recruitment because they are treating him like a defensive back oh. and he wants to play running back. Oops. He is. It seems like I, if I were, <laughs> they, well, it's funny because he's, um, he is, he probably would be a talented defensive back. He could probably play safety, but if I were to describe him as a running back, he's master Teague, but he can turn, oh, nice. which is fun. Yeah. Um, Cause uh, I, I think he's really good. And I think he's a guy that should, be a running back at this next level. And I think he's going to be someone who, when he eventually does commit, and I think his commit, I would be shocked if he's not committed by the end of July, just based on everything I've heard about where he is in the recruitment process. It sounds like now actually Notre Dame is the next school that's making a push, but I think he's set to make an official visit to Ohio state this weekend. I, like I said, I think I'd be a little bit shocked if he isn't committed to somewhere by the end of July. And I think at that point when he is committed to one of a power five school, I think you'll see his rank move up a little bit. Um, and then the other guy that I'm really interested actually in seeing where they laid is CJ Williams. Yeah. Uh, Adam he's on modern my list day. too. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's at a modern day in California for a long time. He was seen as someone who I Ohio state really, really, really wanted. And I think they still would accept him but their wide receiver room is sort of they've already got three in this class and it's hard to take four when your wide receiver room looks the way their wide receiver room looks. Yeah. Um, and they saw him as an opportunity to break into the modern day system, which if you don't know about modern day football, it's really good. It's a, uh, it's one of the best programs in the country and it's a program that every single college coach wants to be in good with. So uh, six to one ninety three. Uh, the, he was going to make an official visit to Ohio state, but the reason he couldn't is because he was in the track. I think it was the state finals for track and field. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what you want to see. You want really fast receivers who are big and yeah, I I think he'll be interesting. I don't know where he's going to end up now, but I think it won't be Ohio state. And I'm going to be really sad if it's Alabama, because then he's going to be really good in Alabama. And I'm going to have to watch him play every year as an opponent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw he's also leaning uh, like uh, I, know, I know Notre Dame and Texas are on his are on his short list right now, too. And I, I think it'd be fun. Just I'd love to see Texas be relevant again, because it's something we've been waiting for for so long. Um, and we've already talked about a quarterback and running back in this class. Like one is heading there or both are heading there. Um, and adding CJ Williams could just be uh, a, a lot of fun. Yeah. I, uh, when uh, I, I got done with work a little early today and I was just wasting some time watching CJ Williams highlights and it was very enjoyable. Uh, dude is, dude is smooth. 
Um, guy I'm excited about seeing where he lands is uh, Branson Robinson. He's a number three running back. He's from Mississippi, uh, currently leaning Georgia or Mississippi State. I hope to God he does not go to Mississippi State because Leach, in my opinion, doesn't really know how to uh, get the most out of a running back just with his system. He's a bad coach. Um, like I was so excited about Kylan Hill and then Leach just... I mean, yeah, yeah. Leach gave him 15 receptions in one game last year. That was cool. And then Kylan was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm going to sit out and wait. And then he didn't get drafted until like the sixth round. Now, he is in Green Bay, and I still think he's got a bright future uh, because I am blinded by my love. Um, but no, RIP Kylan Hill. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Branson Robinson is definitely a name that I, I'm going to be looking at to see where he ends up landing because it could be a lot of fun. And then just strictly as an Oregon-like Boy, I am really interested in Cyrus Moss. He's an edge rusher um, from Nevada, and he is currently leaning to Oregon, and he could definitely just kind of take over for Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, I think he could be really, really good. I'm really hoping um, that we're able to go in there. And Nevada is one of those areas where um, Mario Cristobal, and whenever someone says, like you were just talking about Cristobal projections type stuff, when anyone says that, I always think about Mario Cristobal um, because I've got Oregon on the brain. Uh, but I'd love to see I him do wanna, I do want to mention one more player that Ohio yep. State is going after, oh and I'm God, exclusively mentioning, <laughs> well, I'm mentioning him largely just based on his name and because he went to my wife's old high school. Oh, nice. Uh, his, name is, his name is Hero Canoe. Ooh. Um, yeah, he's a, I, think I, he's for, I think he was born in Germany. Yeah, he's a defensive tackle. Uh, he's a top 100 prospect. Um from what I understand, he camped, not camped, yeah, he did. He camped with Ohio State last week and was considered to be the most impressive player in the entire camp. And there were some high caliber players there that weekend. And he was one of the guys that stood out. I think he ended up hanging out there for like three full days, which is a lot. Usually so these guys are only there for the one day camp and he ended up spending three days on campus. So I do think he is a guy that is, Moving a little bit closer to uh, considering Ohio State out of California. And like I said, I'm mentioning him because his name is Hero Canoe. Yeah. And that's just a fun name. That's very fun. Very fun. Um, yeah. So let's um, talk a little bit here about... Uh, so we we wanted to kind of regroup and talk about uh, Matt and I over this offseason kind of sat down and discussed like what we want this show to look like moving forward. Um, we've really enjoyed the format as it's been, but honestly, like we think we can be um, putting out content. That's maybe a little bit more actionable, a little bit more um, geared to a specific mm -hmm. audience. And we want to change up a, a bit what we're doing instead of taking up like 25 of your minutes uh, talking about the games you've already watched and doing what a lot of other podcasts are doing. We want to give you content that is kind of like a little bit less um, mainstream, but something that's super useful. So um, during the off season, we're going to help you guys uh, with your Devi and your campus um, to Canton leagues. We're going to get you prepped for all that stuff. Rotoviz, we've got all of our rankings and stuff like that up and running. So, so that stuff we're going to be able to utilize for you guys. Um, and also of course, we have the NFL draft in the off season, which we all love so well. That's our opportunity to say goodbye to some of the players that um, we've fallen in love with over the years. But then during the season, we also have a lot that we want to give you too. So Matt, why don't you kind of tell, um, tell our audience kind of what they can expect during the year uh, from the podcast? 
So one of the big things that you and I really got into last year was uh, college DFS and sort of the way to do build lineups. So it's whether it's looking at things like pace, whether it's looking at uh, implied score and all the various opportunities and things that so what we wanted to do is be shift and do a little more focus on the DFS. We I think there's still a little bit of a discussion on exactly how we're going to do it, whether we're going to build one lineup together and then I'll enter it because I uh, I work in Kentucky now, so I can uh, I can build lineups a, lo- a lot easier without actually having to uh, just drive over the state line for no reason. Right. Um, and Colorado but, doesn't let me do college player betting. I can bet on the games. I can do NFL DFS. I just can't do college DFS here. Well, I'm waiting for Ohio to... Uh, the I'm hearing... There's whispers that June 30th is going to be the magic day when Ohio allows sports betting. Let's do it. Um, So we're going to do a little bit of college DFS, whether that's us building one lineup together or us building competing lineups um, that we will then enter. We're going to spend a little bit of time on DFS just because there isn't a ton of college DFS really content out there. And there's a lot. It's honestly, it's one of the more fun ones out there because you get these under the radar games where, Heck, if you, there was a game last year where Jarrett Patterson had eight touchdowns and basically broke a slate. Yep. Yes. And guess what? A lot of people could have told you that one was coming and that he was a must play, but there aren't, there's not a lot of those guys out there. So we, we wanted to put a little bit of effort into that um, with the understanding that while we uh, we're going to put a lot of effort into it, we are still, I mean, you're in a state that doesn't uh, allow it. And I'm in a state that, or I'm next door to a state, so I like we're still sort of getting our feet wet because we weren't in it when it was like killing a few years ago. Um, so and, and and just so y'all know, we I our last episode with Kyle um, was all about just DFS strategy. Now he he more comes at it from an NFL perspective, but kind of the baseline ideas are there. So do go back and listen to that episode, um, and we'll be you know we're going to be u- using a lot of his tips and and strategies as we build these lineups, but we'll be giving you like actual names and things to look at on a weekly basis. Uh, sorry for interrupting. And then, and then the thing that we're, we're both really excited about is that we're going to um, put a little bit more value in our, our betting each week. I know we always had a lot of fun with our locks where we were just like, Oh, at the end of an episode, Stefan bullies me into making like four more picks and yep. I end up picking like six unders um, <laughs> because I just had fun and I was looking at S&P plus and it was whatever. But this year we're going to try and make it a little bit more actionable. We're going to tell you things like we're going to um, set actual values to them. So they're not going to necessarily all be equal bets. So rather than just have no accountability for it, we're going to have each of us are going to have 10 units. So because I live in a state that does not allow legal sports betting, uh, my 10 units are sort of currently uh, not real money. If Ohio passed the law, they'll become real money. Um, but they'll be Mine uh, are spreadsheet all dollars. To, <laughs> so they'll, they'll, we'll, uh, we'll set these in. We're going to have a, a, tra- a spreadsheet that tracks our bets over the course of the year. So we are actually seeing not only are we, um, are we winning our bets at plus 500 rate or whatever we were doing last year, but we also want to show you like how many units were up. So if we did a five unit bet on a minus 250 favorite, 
on a money line or something like that because we were just so confident in them winning the game, it's not going to necessarily count as a like five. It counts as a two and a half or whatever. Whatever. I yeah, can't. Don't there make is me a two, math. a plus two. So it's we're uh, and I've said it so neither one of us actually has to do math. Yeah. But it'll be interesting, and I think it'll be a little bit um, more beneficial for everyone to see which not only which picks do we like the best just by talking about them, but which ones are we are we going to go and actually have some real um, value on? So yeah. we're really excited about that. And then obviously, I mean, our news and notes section is still going to be a part of every pro- every single podcast because well, I like talking. And sometimes you just need to give me a chance to be long winded and that's still going to exist. And that'll include some buy lows, some trade targets for Debbie, a little bit of probably CFF stuff in there because I just, with the rise of college to Canton, um, things like I, you're, I think CFF is going to be a thing that probably gains a little bit of popularity over the next couple of years, just because it's fun. I mean, it's, it's really, it's a completely different type of thing because you aren't necessarily dealing with superstars. So you're looking for, it's a lot of matchup stuff and that'll go along with our DFS stuff, but mm-hmm. it's, we'll just talk about it because it's, it's a lot of fun and we can just talk about games that look fun to us. Yeah. absolutely. Um, but we, we do need to talk about the one huge, uh, super duper piece of news that's been sitting out there that I have not been on a podcast yet to talk about. And it is that for some reason, even though the four-team playoff has been so much fun for the past few years, they've decided that we need to let more teams in. Um, And (laughs) rather than going to six or going to eight logical paths, they kind of just magically came up with 12. um, And it sure seems like it's going to happen. And I don't know that it'll happen in... It's definitely not going to happen in 2021. It's definitely not going to, I don't think it's going to happen in 22. I think the first year is really possible is 23. Um, yeah. Cause I think that's when the contracts line up, but yeah, I mean, it looks really interesting. Um, there, the, the cool, the, I hate it. I hate it so much. Four is so good because let's be clear that fourth best team when we're all, I mean, Every single year we have that there's been a playoff, we have done this where there are two, three teams that look like juggernauts entering this. And then there's a fourth team that is there. And that is the nicest thing we can say about them is that they are there. Notre Dame last year was there. (laughs) They were not ever really considered a threat to beat Alabama. Uh, Michigan State, the one year they made it, they were there. Oklahoma has been there a couple of times. Washington. (laughs) Um, Washington was there. So now that's when we only are taking in the top four teams. So what this will do is it'll basically get in your, your five power conference, your power five conference champions are all going to make it. So you won't be sitting there if you're a 13 or whatever, an 11 and two USC team that actually played a great year and deserved to like have some type of God, it's probably 10 and two. USC. They're probably the team that's going to make it that first year. They're really good. Uh, no. Okay. If you're Oregon, if you have a great year in your Oregon, but you have two losses because of whatever you played a tough schedule, you lost to Ohio state early. Um, you're going to get killed by Ohio state early. Um, 
but no, so like if, if you schedule like a, it'll it'll allow you to schedule a tough out of conference team, but then you still go run through your conference and now you're not eliminated. So maybe it'll allow some of these like bigger matchups to keep happening and we'll get to see some of that stuff. And that'll be cool. Um, the, but and it'll and the other thing that everyone's really excited about is seeing a group of five team. Everyone wants to see UC, Coastal Carolina, BYU. Um, and I think I'm with you on that. Like, I think I do want to see a UC, a BYU, a Coastal Carolina. I, I don't know that I want to see all three of them. And last year, had we done this, this format last year, all three of those teams would have been in the top 12. And at least two of those teams would have lost by 40. <laughs> to whoever they played in the first round. So I think what we're going to see is like, I think you'll get more football and it'll be a lot more fun because it's just more football of teams that are actually playing for something. But you're also going to see some blowouts and there are blowouts in the current format. But now imagine if Alabama is playing against an eight seed instead of a four seed. Um, what if, I mean, what if Clemson is going to go up against Coastal. And sure, Coastal was fun. Coastal has nothing on these teams and they like they were they would have gotten walked by all of them. And I know everyone likes to point out that UC look how good they did against Georgia. I'm going to be honest, that first half Georgia team looked like they did not have a care in the world. Yeah. And then they just destroyed them in the second half. And it was it's one of those things where it's like when you give these teams this step up in competition, we are. I think we're going to get see it. And the one thing that I actually think, if you're a Group of Five fan, the thing that's going to be interesting is that I think they're actually going to be ranked even more harshly. Um, last year they allowed all these teams to get into the top ten because they didn't make excuses for whatever team because whatever it's top ten. Who cares? A two-loss Georgia team would have been ahead of an under or in this format will probably be ranked ahead of an undefeated UC. Right. Right. Because they would rather Georgia be the one playing in these higher rated one, because the eye test matters and resume really doesn't mean a thing. If they think I, that you're a better team or um, like Texas A&M sure. They got killed by Alabama, but we saw them destroy beat everyone else. Blah, 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 blah. They're going to stay ahead of these undefeated group of five teams. And I think it's going to be even harder for them to have these top 10 seasons. So if you're a, a, I mean, if you're a program that looks back and says like we had top 10 year, we were great. We're building off this top 10 season. I I think you're just not going to see that as much. I think you're going to, and maybe that's for the better because maybe it'll make it mean more, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. Um, you're not coming out the one, here as strongly against it as I, I know. I, I I don't like it. I don't. I really. I I'm gonna watch every second. It'll be a whole lot of fun. <laughs> that's why. That's where that, I'm at. But I I think people think that it's magically gonna make. Oh, Coastal's gonna win it one year. No, they're not. They're gonna get killed by forty. Yeah. Because Alabama's still Alabama. Um, the one potential positive is that there could be some more balance in recruiting because one of the biggest selling points for coaches in the playoff era has been, hey, look, we, we're we a playoff team. We have mm. been in the playoffs. You can play on, an, on the playoff stage and blah, 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 blah. And that allows the rich to get richer because you know who can't say that? Texas A&M. You know who can't say that? 
Michigan State. You know, like all these these teams. I know they both or that like Michigan State has been to a playoff, but no one really not remembers anymore. that. One. <laughs> Those dates are um, over. But like that, like Michigan can't Michigan can't say that. Um, and that's what kind of allows for some of these gaps. And maybe if these teams make it. And then maybe they pick up one or two extra commits per year because they sure. get to be in the playoff conversation. So that's on the, the national positive. stage. Yeah, for sure. But it's, there's not going to be more parity. If recruiting gaps stay the way we think they are and with NIL and the trans, like all these things, it's, you're still, you're not going to, you're going to have beatings and it's going to be these powerhouse programs. And let's be clear. Uh, Nick Saban has eight years left in his career. I don't know that that's true, but he has eight years left on his current contract. He's winning like three more national championships. Oh, that's so crazy. Maybe I, I, I would, and I wouldn't like, I wouldn't take the if under. You, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, Ryan Day is going to be it with this Ohio State one and have all the recruiting that he's been doing. He's he's going to keep putting them in this place. Lincoln Riley is going to stay at Oklahoma and he's going to keep having success. Dabo Sweeney is going to be at Clemson. These are machines. Yeah. And yeah, the only, like the, the only way to break through is that you have to have a special year. And then when you have that special year, you have to then turn it into recruiting success where you are recruiting at the same level as these programs and do it again. Um, yeah. And I don't necessarily know how easy that's going to be with especially with the way recruiting is right now so um it's not going to be this magical elixir that makes us not have only six teams that are really the national championship contenders because that's it there's six yeah um each year there's six and um so i don't know i i mean whatever it'll be fun i'm gonna watch it don't put a semifinal game on new year's eve and i'll be real happy um because that's, they've done a lot of dumb things. Yeah. That is the all time worst. Yeah. Don't do that. And if you don't do that, then we're all happy. Yeah. I think for me, it just comes down to like, I enjoy watching fun football games and having interest in this is going to bring that about. Um, I also get so sick of listening to the debates about who the fourth team should be. Now I know it's just going to be now who should the 12th team be. So it might still be just as annoying, but I'd like to think that maybe it won't be <laughs> no, it'll but, be just as bad. Yeah. But I am, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I think it'll be fun. Um, and yeah, it'll also help with teams like mine, like being an Oregon fan who isn't top is not a top five school, but is probably many years, a top 10 school. It'll get us a couple more. I mean, you in, most eras or whatever you guys would be having with your current talent level, you would be competing on a national level, right? It's just, you can't lose a game. And especially in the PAC 12, where the, the national perception of the PAC 12 is that it is conference number five in the and power. That's not five. completely and unfair. <laughs> like, no, I, mean, I think we're probably, better than the ACC, I mean, but I get it. But like, the ACC has a has a one dominant team that just right. says, yeah, the ACC might suck, but we are steamrolling that. Yeah. Um, so it, it's all it's all very interesting. And I do think it'll I mean, the one thing I didn't mention in this, but that's going to happen is if this comes into effect. And one of the specific things that was stated in there was that the only way you can get a buy is if you are a conference champion. What this will force is Notre Dame's going to have to make a choice. 
do you ever want to have a buy? Right. Um, That's true. Because if that rule exists and you continue to stay outside of it, then you are limiting yourself to playing three games to win a national championship and might be going, wait, are all of them three games? You're pushing yourself that you have to win four games to win a national championship, whereas other teams can get away with winning. Yeah, I think I did my math wrong, and I don't care. It doesn't. We already um, said we do not do math live on the show, so that's everyone whatever. else's fault. Essentially, you are <laughs> you are forcing your hand, and you are putting yourself in a situation where you have to play one extra game to win a national championship right. because of your whatever contracts, whatever it is. And I think it may end up pushing them into the ACC. So I don't know that that'll be an immediate thing. It's just one of those. If you are in their position is being independent and holding this independence, probably worth handicapping yourself. Right. We shall see. No, that's good, man. Um, We're up at it. We're a little over an hour here, Um, but it was good chatting football. Good looking at some recruiting stuff. Uh, just so you all know, good listeners, we've got, um, we'll, of course, we have some upcoming shows. Um, some of the things we, we want to look at is uh, just some conference breakdowns, some college football future betting. Uh, there's already a lot of numbers out for different games. Also, win totals that I'd Bet love Bryce to. Young. Yeah, <laughs> some, some win totals that I would like to talk about. And then also, I'd like to do another um, kind of informative episode like we've done with um, DFS. Um, but I'd like to talk about key numbers when looking at um, over-unders and betting against the spread. I think that would be very valuable. Uh, and just continue to educate each other um, on uh, some of the some of the keys and strategies to betting. So those are some of the things you can uh, look forward to. Of course, you can find us on Twitter. You can find me at StayFunLaco. And of course, he is Wispy, the kid. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Matt, anything you'd like to leave our, our listeners with? Bye, Jackson Smith and Jigba. There we go. Y'all have a good day. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com